Yesk's Functional Longevity Podcast. My name is Chris Borda, best-selling author and owner of Yes Fitness, coming to you on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon in Burlington, Connecticut. I want to thank you for taking time from your busy day to hear what I have to say. Hopefully, I can give you some insight on how to live longer and to be able to enjoy those extra years doing the things that you love to do. That's the key. You want to be able to live longer and do the things that you love to do. So today, I'm going to continue my discussion on recovery. That's how important recovery is. Remember, we recover when we're not working out. We, pardon me, we don't start that over again, right? You don't get in shape when you're working out. You get in shape when you recover, when you're not working out. And that recovery has all different aspects to it. So I thought today I would define recovery for you again, discuss some of the different techniques inside the coaching center and outside the coaching center, and maybe dispel some myths. So we had a little bit of myth buster going today on a few things. So let's just get started. Recovery has been talked about for a long, long time. You can find an article back in 1886, which talks about massage as a therapeutic modality for recovery. And all the way back in the Bible, it says the seventh day he will rest. So recovery has always been important. And it's important for you to get your results. If you want to get results in your workout, you've got to have recovery. If not, you're not going to, get, you're not going to take advantage of all that hard work that you're doing. So what happens is, and what I find is that people struggle with trying to find a balance for what the minimal effective dose of exercise can be. What's the minimal amount you can do, okay? Because you want to work hard, but you want to be able to work hard enough to get the correct adaptations. So remember, when we're talking about exercising, we're talking about training. We want to have a stimulus that's going to create a response that's going to get us the adaptations that we're looking for. So we struggle with that. What is the correct stimulus? How much stimulus should we do so we get that adaptation? And then we have the other end, what's the least amount we could do? The other end, which we always think more is better. We need to work harder. We need to be killing ourselves. We need to not take a day off. We need to go, go, go two times a day. And, you know, that's really built into our culture, if you really think about it. We work six, seven days a week. We work 10, 12 hours a day. That's the mindset that we have, that more is always better. And when it comes to recovery, when it comes to exercise, that is not the case. We even talk about it quite often for anyone who's here. We talk on this podcast before. So let's start off with what recovery does. Recovery has two different roles, okay? It monitors your adaptations to your training and the stresses you put on the body so that you can determine what the appropriate recovery strategies are. What, is a, what are going to be the correct recovery strategies? And then it takes a look at what the specific strategies are or techniques to minimize any residual fatigue from your training. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to get the body to come back to where it was and even better than when we started training. So if we were to define recovery, Recovery is return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. Just come back to homeostasis. Let's be a little bit better than we were before, before we worked out. So we can get back to that state, that normal state you're in. And regeneration, because we talk about recovery and generation, and they're two different things, because regeneration is the process of recovery. That's the process of recovery. 
So the two different things, although sometimes they get used, you know, interchangeable, and they're not. And I'd like to start off with that sleep and nutrition. Now, I'm getting some of this information from, I listened to a lecture from Brandon Marcello. Brandon Marcello is a recovery expert. I'm not going to go through all the different accolades that he has and things he's done. Just trust me when I say that he is a recovery expert. And he says that sleep and nutrition are considered pre-recovery. So pre-recovery, meaning that this has to happen no matter what. You, you can't go without sleep and you can't go without nutrition. Without those two things, and we'll talk about it a little bit more in a minute, without those two things, you're not going to be able to recover correctly. He also has a premise, and I love this premise, that there is no overtraining. It's actually under recovery. So you can't really overtrain. It's really under recovery. So maybe semantics, but here's his idea. And I completely agree with this, that if you were to take two identical people, two identical people with the same DNA, and want to call one P and the other repeat, okay? This is his example. If they both worked out for 20 hours a week, okay, and they did the same exact volume, the same exact density, intensity, loads, frequencies, everything is exactly the same, okay? Except the difference is, repeat does gets 56 hours a week of sleep, and Pete gets 30 hours a week of sleep. What happens is Pete's 30 hours a week is unfavorable to the adaptations of his training. He's not going to be able to adapt the way he wants to. He has that stimulus, and he gets a response, but he's not getting the adaptations he's looking for because he's not recovering enough. And uh, Brandon Marcel has termed this as maladaptation syndrome. And if you just train too hard, it's going to happen. If you train over and over and over again, hard, 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 by the end of the week or by the end of the month, you're not going to be able to train as hard as you'd like to because you have not recovered enough. So when we are training, what are we trying to recover? Okay. What we're trying to recover is we're trying to recover the nervous system, okay? And if you're not viewing training, rehab, nutrition, sleep, injury prevention, etc., all through the eyes of your nervous system, okay, then you need to start looking at it that way. The autonomic nervous system is what we're going to take a look at, ANS, okay? There's a delicate balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous systems. And they are sort of what makes up the autonomic nervous system. And there's a, there's a very special balance between that. It's like the yin and the yang. So when that gets out of balance, things happen. So, for example, if it gets too far out of balance, if we become too sympathetic, we may have high blood pressure. Well, you might have anxiety. So when it gets out of balance, there are health issues. So we want to try to keep that autonomic nervous system, their ANS system, in balance. And the ANS system, it kind of which runs your body automatically, okay? Things we don't want to have to think about. It runs things like breathing. It runs our heart rate. It runs our liver function and, and our organs and things like that. We don't think about that. 
And in that autotomic nervous system, we have, we break it down into, not all of it, but part of it is, the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight syndrome, okay? And we get into that sympathetic fate state when we exercise. And then we have the parasympathetic state, okay, which is rest and digest, which we're trying to relax and slow down and, and lower our heart rate. So when we exercise, we get into sympathetic, and when we're done exercising, we want to try to get into a parasympathetic system. So just, for example, slouching in your chair all day can put us into a sympathetic state. It can happen that easily. So one reason why sleep is non-negotiable, other than just the health of your brain, is that sleep and the autotomic nervous system are very intertwined. Without enough sleep, you're stuck in a sympathetic state. Okay? And that's why we get more irritable when we don't get enough sleep because we're stuck in a sympathetic state. Just one simple example, okay? But again, sleep is very important for our brain health. That's when we get everything cleaned out of our brains. Nutrition and sleep are connected very, very closely, okay? How we eat influences how we sleep vice versa. How we sleep will influence how we eat. So when you, simple example is when you're deprived of sleep, sleep deprivation, it inhibits your body's ability to metabolize carbohydrates. And that's why when you're sleepy, you don't get enough sleep and you're irritable, you crave carbohydrates. So you can see they're very closely intertwined. And nutrition and the autonomic nervous system are all connected. So one way that you could try to address this, okay, with nutrition, and we're only going to talk a little bit about this real quick, is you want to take a look at an anti-inflammatory diet. You may take a look at um, uh, Andrew Wilde's diet. Um, you want to have a lot of omega-3 fish oils with, with high amounts of EPA and DHA, which, by the way, you cannot get those sources from plants, okay? It has to come from that fishy oil, oily fishy substance, or I should say food. So that's kind of how you wouldn't want to try to address it with your nutrition. But what happens is when we exercise, we put our bodies into this sympathetic state or fight or flight, which is good, which is what we want to do when we're in competition. We want to be ramped up, we want to be ready to go. But again, to understand that when we exercise, that's not when we're getting in shape. We're getting in shape when we're recovering. Okay, that's when we get in shape. So recovery is that important. So here's some techniques that you can utilize outside of the coaching center. Because I noticed in the coaching center, you know, we live busy lives. We don't have a lot of time. We're trying to squeeze our workouts in. So we might be done with our workout. Next thing you know, we'll run out and uh, starting our day. Or we need to run home and start our dinner, whatever it might be. Get to an appointment. So I'm going to address some things that you can do within the coaching center. And here are some things that you can do outside the coaching center that may help with or will help with your recovery. Because recovery starts as soon as you're done exercising. That's exactly when you should start your recovery techniques, when you're done exercising. You shouldn't wait until the next day or an hour once you go home. You should start right then and there. So to put to bed a little bit of a myth, cryotherapy, which is very big right now, shows 
this is only good this is only good from a psychological standpoint not a physiological standpoint yet okay there's been studies that are just starting on this kind of stuff but right now it's really only good more for a psychological standpoint not physiologically as far as recovery goes but when we look at this and we're looking at recovery recovery has to do psychologically as well and emotionally so we can use cryotherapy for some um, recovery techniques but I'm going to give you a little bit of nugget about that, okay? Cryotherapy, okay? When we take a look at fat loss and we look at an epigenetic level at this, okay? When you get into that freezing cold environment, this kind of stimulates more the adipose brown fat tissue, which creates more metabolic cycles, which means you may lose weight a little bit faster. So it may help with you a little bit mentally for your recovery. It may also help with your fat loss. So, CBD oils are huge right now. It's, you know, it's a big thing right now. But there really is no research that shows that it's good for recovery, at least not that I have found yet. And there might be because there's not a lot of research done on it yet because it was an illegal substance and you haven't had really time to run some real good research studies on it. So it may be coming down the oil. Again, if it helps you mentally to recover, it helps you make you feel better, then go ahead and use it but physiologically there might not be that uh, recovery aspect that we're hoping for steam rooms saunas are fantastic for creating a parasympathetic effect it's fantastic for recovery whoever has a you know aspects at whoever has that available to them to use uh, a float tank, which I know is right up here at um, Healing Trail, or sometimes known as Century Deprivation Chambers. They're really cool. It's like putting you in a zero-gravity effect. It will help with your recovery. Some pool workouts, if you can jump in the pool in the summertime. Pool workouts are great for recovery. So what happens is what the water does is it creates a hydrostatic pressure. It allows the blood flow back to your body, okay? without having to increase your heart rate. So it's helping with the blood flow without having to increase your heart rate. So you don't have to do any more work to recover because that's what we want to do. We want to try to limit the amount of work that we have to do for our recovery. Um, if you have under, underwater massage available to you, that's great as well. Um, if you have a hot tub, that's fantastic too. You want to jump in that hot tub for maybe 12 to 15 minutes at most, four or five times a week. You don't want to go longer than that pass out, might get a little bit weak, something like that, so a hot tub's great. Um, if you were to utilize a cold plunge, no, that's not something that I enjoy at all, so I don't utilize a closed plunge ever. But if you were to utilize a cold plunge, you'd want to do it after really high-intensity workouts for about 10 to 15 minutes. You're not going to do it every day. You're going to do it after high-intensity workouts for about 10 to 15 minutes. You can try when you get home from the facility, if you're at a facility that doesn't have a shower, some contrast showers where you on for a minute, off for a minute, on for a minute, off for a minute for about 14 minutes. Compression garments are great for recovery. Again, they help with that blood flow without having to make the heart work harder at it. Meditation is good for recovery because it's mindful. It's, 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 it's helping the body to relax and put you in the presence of that time. So 
Meditation is real good for recovery. Tai Chi is good for recovery. Um, massage, although it doesn't really have research showing that it helps with lactate clearance, it helps you feel good. So again, emotionally, mentally, it can help with your recovery. And you can take a look at some trigger points, trigger point charts or reflexology. Those are all things you can do outside of the facility. But I also wanted to touch upon those people that just run right out when they're done with their workouts and they don't take the time in the coaching center or in your gym to recover. So typically, we lay down and do some stretching. So what I want to talk to you about with stretching is that stretch should be a friendly stretch or a very comfortable stretch. You don't want that stretch to be hard, okay, because we're already in a sympathetic state and we're trying to get to a parasympathetic state. So it should be really a comfort stretch. You want to cycle your breathing because breathing is very important for recovery. So you're going to do four or five breaths. You're going to hold that stretch for about 10 to 15 seconds. Again, a very comfortable stretch. That's what we're looking for if you're stretching in the facility right after you work out. You could try to just go up to the wall and lie on your back and elevate your feet on the wall. That's going to help that blood flow back to the heart without having the heart to have to work. So feet elevating like that is fantastic for recovery. Just breathing yourself. So let's say you, you, just, you don't have time, but you need to get going. When you get out into your car, I want you to do some breathing. Okay, when we do this breathing, you want to have your tongue should be touching the roof of your mouth when it's resting. It should not be touching the bottom of your mouth, okay? The front tip of your tongue should be about half, right, half an inch or so just above the front of your teeth. And what you're going to do for your breathing is you're going to breathe in for four seconds. Nice deep breath. Feel your lungs expand. Then you're going to hold that breath for seven seconds. And then you're going to exhale for eight seconds. And you can do that four or five times. So it's going to take you about a minute to do that, okay? Four or five times. In for a count of four, hold for seven, and exhale for eight. So if you really want to get the most out of the workout that you just did, that training session you just did, and but you're just super busy, you have to be able to take a minute out of your time to do that. So breathing, do that effective breathing, four, seven, eight. If you are in, in the facility, you want to do some stretching, you might try to think about doing some what we call active isolation stretching, which is a manual technique that combines a series of short controlled stretch, stretches. So you don't want to pull too hard. Like if you're pulling, you're doing a hamstring stretch, you're lying down with that strap. You don't want to pull real hard. Again, you want it to be a comfort stretch. You pull on it and then you relax a little bit. You pull on it and you relax a little bit. And you want to be exhaling when you're pulling it in because that breathing is going to help relax the body. And by just going nice and easy, you're going to relax the muscle to the point where it's not going to have, it's not going to want to, you're going to stretch it too hard and make it, force it to tighten back up again. So just some kind of that, just very easy stretching like that with that breathing. Also when you're in a facility, uh, you can use this foam roller, some massage sticks, um, we have a rock mat here. We have some prickly balls to roll the bottom of our feet, which works very much like reflexology. It's all parts of recovery that you can do within the facility. I know we're busy, 
but just take a few minutes to do this and you're going to get more out of your workouts because you need to start the recovery process as soon as your workout's done. Let's get it out of that parasympathetic state and get it, pardon me, let's get it out of that sympathetic state and get it into a parasympathetic state. So there you have some techniques. I hope you can utilize them in your facility or if you're down here working in the coaching center, help you improve your recovery because again, Recovery is when you get in shape, not when you're working out. So thanks for stopping on board today. I appreciate you taking the time from your busy day to listen to what I have to say. I hope it's going to help you a little bit. And you can look for more information from me next Tuesday at 3.30 where I'm going to give you insight on how to get fit, feel younger, and live better. Enjoy the beautiful day outside, and I'll talk to you again soon. Thanks.